Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Y'all can call me Baz. Um, I feel like it's been a minute since I've recorded, but a lot has happened in this world. I feel like I say that all the time. But anyways, just 2020, you can't put your phone down for one second without stuff happening and just life just giving you content to write about, talk about. Um, So I thought it would be great to hop on and record. And I'm excited to have my guest here with me. Um, Some of you might know him as Kev. I call him Kev. But uh, Kevin Joseph is going to be our special guest this week. He is the host of an Instagram live series, um, which is how I first heard of you, called Let's Talk Conversation, which confronts racism and provides content that will help maintain and sustain the uncomfortable yet necessary conversations about racism, privilege, injustice, and inequalities and has been swept under the carpet for, and that has been swept under the carpet for too long, but have been exposed primarily by the health crisis um, that recently has occurred. Um, And so I feel like a lot of the reason why people gravitate towards you, Kev, um, is just because you talk about the stuff that people, you know, need to be talking about, but it's not even a trend thing. It's like, you're still having these conversations after like, you know, that, that initial wave of talking about race and stuff happened. Um, but just a little bit more background about Kev. So he's in, his academic background is in management and economics and finances. So he does this as a side hustle guys. Like that's crazy. Like this is just your side hustle. Um, being great is your main, is your main hustle, but you know, that's another thing. So over 18 years in accounting and finances, um, financing roles, I worked with Fortune 500 companies and the Canadian federal government, assists individuals and small businesses with registrations, organizational structures, accounting, taxation support, basically everything I don't know at all, like that we <laughs> should have learned in like financial literacy and was involved in initiatives in supporting and advancing the black community and youth mentorship for over 18 years. I'm literally so honored to have you here. I'm so excited. (laughs) Guys, it's Kev. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This pleasure is actually all mine, Baz. Yo, I'm so hyped. But yeah, welcome, Kev. Did I miss anything in your intro? No, it was great. It's funny. It's weird to hear to hear my bio being read because I'm usually the one reading them on my show, right? <laughs> so, I love that. Like I've been able to reverse the roles for you and put you love in it that space. It's cool. I, I it's no, cool. I love it. Yeah. Um. But yes, before we start on our topic, it's so crazy because we're both busy, but we always make time for each other, which I appreciate very much. Absolutely. So thank you. Um. I wanted to start incorporating like kind of more of like an icebreaker that are just going right into like that hard like sure topics and stuff. So I'm going to ask you, I'm, I usually go on this website to get a little icebreaker for us. Um, sure. Uh, I love icebreakers. <laughs> you know, and you know what? I feel like I used to hate them, but some of them can be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Let me see what we got. Um, 
But for most of you guys, Kev is actually usually goes on live. I want to say you're almost live daily talking about different topics. I, mean, like, I try not to go daily, but sometimes depending on the on the schedule of the guests, right? Like it's just because I got because I have guests all over the world coming on, right? So it's like it's challenging to kind of you know schedule everybody, but. Mm. I feel that. And how can I actually, I don't think I've ever asked you, but what made you want to go on live and do these conversations? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is actually after the murder of George Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, it really impacted me um, to a degree because, you know, it was the first time I actually saw a live end to end murder uh, lynching, a modern day lynching. And what I meant by that is that there was no gun, there was no weapon, you know, the officer literally, you know, took the breath out of him, you know, for eight minutes and 46 seconds, literally slowly, torturously murdered him, you know, and the knee that was on his neck, it was so representative of the Mm. suffocation and the lack of oxygen that, you know, we as black people and, you know, people of color, you know, feel Mm. um, every day. I mean, like as a black man, in finance, there's not too many of us. And in my particular organization and company, I'm, I, I'm the only one in my division. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you feel the constant pressure every day when you're driving, when you're going to the grocery store, when you're walking, when you're going for a jog. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot one, right? So if I'm wearing an all black hoodie and I'm going for a jog or a walk, I can look intimidating. And now you, you know, tack on the fact I got to wear a mask. You know, I even look even more scarier, right? So, you know, I, I was really impacted. And when all the companies were setting out their Black Lives Matter statements and things of that nature, you know, and my company did it as well, I was like, I had to talk to, to them and say, look, thank you for sending that email, that, that uh, message out. And I actually sent an email. I was so bold. Like, this thing gave me so much courage, you know, and, and I, th- I, th- I think I told you, I read an article by, you know, someone who I had on my show um, who, who's, who's an author who, who uh, wrote about, you know, maintaining professionalism in the age of black death is a lot. And what it basically means is that, you know, as black people, we're forced to go to work after witnessing all this trauma and tragedy, and it's difficult for us to, uh, to, to be able to operate and function. So, you know what, I started this live, um, basically to kind of keep the conversations going. I sent my company, my CEO, my CEO, my CFO an email saying, look, I want to create safe spaces for Black people within our organization, and I'm doing this thing on the side, and just giving them a heads up, right? Not so much looking for their approval, but I just want to give them a heads up. And my fear, and it's come to pass, has always been that, you know, the people are going to treat this thing like a marathon. I mean, sorry, a sprint and not a marathon, you know, but I've been Black my, my whole life, so this is a lifestyle for me. This isn't a movement. This isn't a trend. It's not a fad. I've been living this for, for, for how many years, right? So, I mean, it's something that I knew would wane after a while because the initial shock for those that are first time, you know, experiencing these kind of things or seeing them. So I just wanted to make sure that we're continuing these conversations so that we can have actual change. Woo. Sorry, that's a lot. I talked a lot there. No, but I love it. I love it. I feel like you touched on so many things that... Um, are important in terms of just like the 
current climate and just something yeah. that is not even current climate. I don't even like that because I think this has just been happening. It's forever. been the climate. Yeah. It's, been it's the just climate. that now we're, we're recording the climate. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and you know, it's just, and people are have access to be heard a little bit more and make more noise, but yeah. whether we're being heard is actually another question, but True. um I love that you're doing this. I think it it definitely is reaching a lot of people. So thank you, thank you. Come on, I talk to people from every culture, every race, every um, ethnicity, gender, because I want everybody's perspective. Because remember, we need our allies in this. This is not just a you know, black folks can't carry this torch anymore. We need our our non-black allies, and we need everybody who's who's has a similar you know appreciation and 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 anger for what's happening that we need to move forward together that's the only way we're gonna you know actually make change happen i love it and i think and i loved and i don't think i even verbalized this to you but i love that we did the conference together which i still have to talk oh. to you about. <laughs> that was so, it's an amazing and um but Powerful. i loved that all the proceeds went to um the black alliance but also the lebanon relief fund like i think yeah. that just shows like your heart is such an in such a pure place. It's not even just for like, it's just for the overall like human yeah. race. Like you just want to help exactly, and people yep. need the help. So I love that. Um, but yes, let's get to a quick icebreaker and we'll introduce yes. the topic. Um, so the question I picked for you is: Who are you? Um, who are you when you feel your best? Who am I when I'm feeling I'm at my, my best? Mm-hmm. Woo! I know. <laughs> I saw that. I was um, like, you need when, I'm at my, when I'm at my absolute best yeah. is when I'm actually helping other people become the best versions of themselves. Like, wow. truthfully. Like, I, that's, I feel like that's the most rewarding is when I can look back at somebody and be like, wow, I had a hand in their, their success. Like, it, it makes me feel so good to see other people's succeed and knowing that I was a part of it in terms of helping them behind the scenes or whatever the case may be. I love that. Like I love when other people are flourishing and you know, um, it just makes me feel so good. I love it. And you're so good at it. And, um, you were definitely, Thank you. yeah, you, you're great. Um, <laughs> but... <for> you. <laughs> um, great people, no great people. Come on now. This is facts. <laughs> that is facts. Um, it's a small tribe we're a part of. I love it. Right. Um, but we're going to get into a more serious topic and, yes. um, there's definitely so many topics I want to discuss with you, but I just felt like this is something even prior to us, like, you know, discussing and stuff is something I've wanted to do, but it just keeps getting more and more relevant in yeah. just everything that we're like encountering. And I think it's something that I would love to just have as a resource on my podcast and yeah i love the conversation we had so i want to transfer and you know record it um and absolutely on a different platform so we're going to be discussing the idea of grief and loss um and i i can't think of a year that didn't embody grief and loss other than yeah. more than 2020 in the sense that everyone can um, empathize in the sense that we've all lost or had to grieve some form of, um, you know, whether it was 
our health or a new uh, uh, a reality we once had, a family member or a um, a job or you know financial stability. Like there's so many forms of losses that I think people have had to face in 2020, and that's why it's quote unquote such a different year. But grief and yeah. loss is pretty much the only inevitable thing in life. Um, I think it's part of change, um, but it, it's also something that we're not really taught to discuss or even deal with. So yeah. um, I want to ask you, what is your relationship with the concept of grief or loss? Um, for me, you know, like the greatest um, example of that obviously is when I lost my, my wonderful mother uh, 13 years ago. And I mean, that was, I mean, of course, I've had other family members before that pass away and et cetera, but it never someone that close, you know, I mean, the woman that God used to bring me into this world. I mean, you know, the connection from since the womb is always a remarkable one that a mother has with their child. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all expect as children to eventually bury our parents. She helped everybody that she knew and those that she didn't. But for some reason, the ugly you know, evil of cancer, you know, took her, you know, and um, it was something that I really struggled with because I didn't understand how, you know, and for me, I'm a very spiritual, a very spiritual person. So I, I question God a lot in terms of like how you could let such a great person leave knowing that there's so much left to be done. And also just for me personally, you know, having a mother like that who was so instrumental in my development and in my um, everything that I embody and everything that I'm doing now, people are like, wow, you're doing such great work and all that. It's a product of my mom. Of course, my dad is amazing too. My mom, like this is like, this is who she was. Right. So, um, you know, for me, um, I think with loss and grief and the relationship in the beginning, it was a very terrible one because I couldn't accept it. And I know there's different stages that we walk through, uh, when uh, we spoke before in terms of loss and grief. And I mean, I just, I mean, when somebody's diagnosed with cancer, the immediate thing is, okay, when 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 are they going to die? Because we just don't have that cure yet. We don't have that. I mean, there's processes, there's, tech, there's techniques, there's treatment, but, you know, some people make it, some people don't. Like there isn't, a, you know, an injection that you can just take and then the person is well. So, as soon as my mom told me, I will never forget, you know, um, she, she told me in 2002, um, I was living in a different city. I was working in a, in a different city than uh, where she was. And um, she then had a five-year battle where she passed away in 2007. But I mean, it was just like, we thought she had beat it. She didn't uh, want it. One, it, for some reason, it started in her sinal cavity, which let, which leads us to believe that it was something that had to, to do with her work at the hospital because many years ago they, they didn't have the health standards that they do now so some kind of something that she inhaled being around all these you know different you know in a in a, in a lab you're exposed to different kind of things right yeah. so i mean not one of the challenges is, is not really understanding why it happened like you know like mm-hmm. certain things you can maybe trace back to certain things that you do in your, your life things that or signs that you miss but it was such in a weird area in her sinal cavity you know so she did treatment she beat that but then one cell escaped and got to her lungs and then that was a wrap so one of the things that hurt me but i understood bad is that my mom never told me she never told any of us that the doctors gave her a deadline as to when to expect to be gone 
she never told us. And I was upset once I found out after the fact. But at the same time, she was trying to protect us, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you have a drop-down date, like, you're not going to live past this time. I don't even know. I can't even process what that would feel like. Somebody telling you, you're not going to live past this particular mm-hmm. date. You know? So, I mean, she protected us in that sense because we knew that she was sick. And I could see the deterioration. And I was always asking her, how come the home like the, the nurses and those are those doctors aren't coming around the houses often she goes oh no everything and i was just like like when i would come up and visit her i was like getting some weird signs right but then it hit me mm. two weeks before she passed um I, I think i told you the story already but um i had a dream yeah two two weeks before um she passed i i had a dream that i was giving the eulogy like vividly a vivid dream that I was given the, the uh, eulogy at her funeral mm-hmm. and like I couldn't believe it like I saw myself in my black suit giving the eulogy at her funeral mm-hmm. and I immediately called my, my my pastor and I was like at the time I was again I was living a, a, like two hours away and I was like called him crying like I just had this dream that I'm giving the eulogy at my mom's funeral I'm like this can't be true like I've been praying for her for her healing and everything every day, like what's going on? This is this this is not fair. It's 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 not right, you know. And he was like, you know what, son? It could be that maybe God's trying to prepare you for for the inevitable and trying to, you know, kind of put your heart at ease. Mm-hmm. I still couldn't accept that, you know. I still couldn't accept that. Mm-hmm. So two weeks later, she passed, mm-hmm. you know, and. I actually kind of had a sense that it was going to be that weekend because I actually told my workplace, I'm going to take the, the Friday off and I'm, and I'm going to head back up to uh, Mississauga to where my mom was living and um, spend the, the weekend. And that Friday night I got there and she was so happy to see me. And then, you know, she was like telling me how all these things that was weird. Like we always talked, but she was just really more like thanking me for being a good son and thanking me. It's almost like she knew something was what was up. And really, really thanking me for never really giving her problems. And come the Sunday is when she passed. So that was a Friday. I stayed over the Saturday. And then Sunday, I was leaving. And as soon as I left, my, my dad called me. And he's like, she just passed away in my arms as he was bringing her to, to the bathroom. Yeah. So he, she, she took her last breaths, like, in his arms, you know. Man, I was like, whoa. So I, I, I rushed back, like to the house and um you know i was like i couldn't believe it i was like no no so i'm just like there like asking god please whatever it is like what what whatever i've done in my life or whatever it is that no i'll trade you for and like you know we we start bargaining you know that bargaining stage right so you you start bargaining right and i'm like god please like this can't be it like this can't be it like like this is my this is like she like she's my everything like she's my world you know so and um, because anytime there's a death in the home, mm. it's treated as, as, as a crime scene, mm. right? Because they have to make sure that there's no foul play, there's nothing, right? So the officers wouldn't even let me go upstairs or any of the family members go upstairs to see her body. And I was obviously, that wasn't good because I almost, I, 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 I almost fought some police officers that day. Yeah, but that... That makes sense, though. Like, I can't even imagine not wanting to do that. Right? Like, so I was begging them, please. And the hours, hours went by. We're just downstairs while they're doing whatever examination they're doing to make sure that 
you know, it, 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 it is as reported, right? So, um, I mean, eventually I got upstairs and I was just crying over her body, just kissing her and just holding her lifeless body on the bed and just, I just couldn't believe it. it was my first true encounter with loss, death, and like, just couldn't believe it. Like, I just couldn't believe it, you know? And, you know, I was just upset. I was angry. I was going through all these different emotions. And then a little bit later, my dad asked me, you know, he said, you know, we got to plan. I'm like, oh man, like, what do you mean plan a funeral? Like, what? Like, even though you know she has cancer, and you know she's deteriorating, it's still inevitable that you still get the shock. Like, you can't prepare yourself for it. Oof. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like... I was just, you know, really struggling. And um, he asked me to do the eulogy, the same dream that I had. And I was like, Dad, I can't do it. He goes, this is what your mom would have wanted. She would have wanted you. You're the only person that could do it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Like, wow. this is, like, crazy. Wow. 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 Um, you know. That is so... I'm there again. Every, like, you've told me this story before, but I'm like... Yeah. I don't know. Like it just hits every time. It's probably also because I feel like very empath. Like like I feel like a, a like we're connected in a sense. Yes, we are. But we are taking it on. But um, yeah. Wow, I think yeah. There's something. <laughs> wow, I like I just I'm like so speechless. But what I'm trying to get out is, and say is there's uh, almost like this weird like beauty or reassurance in like this spiritual sense that yeah. you are so divinely like looked over um yeah. sense of like what your pastor said and like just that dream like when you said that to me I was like wow like God loves That's you know, crazy like you're literally yeah. as hard it's like every way possible the universe was trying to take care of you like even down to the right point, you leaving and then your mom was like okay now i can go you know like oh man like something traumatic in the sense that you had to deal with that it was more like she like literally like it's just ah that's so crazy wow guys you know what i never thought about that you know the fact that she didn't pass while i was in the house still because i don't know how i would have reacted right and i genuinely genuinely believe like that it was very much her and a divine thing like yeah like yeah. now i'm okay now i'm at peace you know like yeah. and you know that weekend fully and he's going to remember me from the weekend not from the that uh that moment and i think yeah wow that's powerful yeah as soon as you said that i was like yeah that's literally like what it is well, i've never thought about in the 13 years i've never thought about it like that and that it actually makes a lot of sense yeah I, that's how I see it. And I, the reason I say that is because similar thing happened with um, my dad's father, where my dad was the favorite of his five siblings, like everyone, <laughs> but he has a special bond with his dad, like, um, yeah. like super special bond. And um, we went to see him. We knew he was sick, but like, you know, we didn't really know. Well, at least from what I remember, I didn't really know what was happening and everything. And my dad came back, we came back and literally, his siblings called him and they're like, you need to come back. Like dad's not doing well. Um, and literally my dad was like, okay. Like, um, so he went, you know, saw him, whatever came back. And then something told him like, I need to go back. Um, but as soon as he got on the flight, like my grandfather had passed while he was in the air, literally mm-hmm. going. 
And um, part of me thinks that my grandfather didn't want him to remember him like that. Mm. Whoa, this is an emotional episode. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, and it's just like, uh, oh, sorry. I know. No, take your time. <laughs> no, take your time. It is. It, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's heavy. It's so heavy like that. Like, I'm feeling it for you, too, because, you know, this is how we started. Our first conversation ever was about this, that we weren't even planning on talking about it, you know. And, and the thing about it, you're, you're so much into healing everybody. And I just want to continue to extend my condolences to you and your family, because this is this just happened for you guys. This is fresh, you know, and yeah. as much as we, we, we go about our daily lives, you know, it's we like there's triggers i'm sure every day baz like you're, you're triggered about something about your, your uh, grandfather every single oh, day it's so crazy because like i'm the type of person and I, and this is something i actually wanted to talk about in the pod yeah um when i deal with death i don't cry when someone yeah. like when it's something like serious like yeah. i don't cry like yeah like no like like, like a rock it's like, and it, but then I start questioning myself. I'm like, yo, am I sick? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, where's the emotional reaction? And then, yeah. and then it comes out in the most random time. I'm recording a podcast and I'm crying. You know what I mean? That's it. Trust me, that happens to me all the time. Like, like I could be just thinking about something randomly and then I'm gone. Like, I'm just crying and thinking about my mom and just I'm just gone. Like every day, something happens to me every single day that I, I, I need to go find myself a corner and just cry like every single day. Cause it's just something hits me. Something triggers me, a song, a word, a this, a that, a moment, something, you know, like just, yeah. and then I'm gone, you know, like I'm just gone, you know? And that kind of brings me to like, one of the questions I have for you was, I feel like, or maybe you can tell me, maybe it's the way we were, raised to deal with um obstacles in life like i was taught to not necessarily show emotions or react with emotions or react with and you know what okay what do we got to do like what's the game plan you know that's right oh go like go mode like survival mode so i think a lot of times when i'm hit with because i'm a crybaby like (laughs) first class crybaby but when it comes to real life situations like you know, like really scary stuff. Like I don't, yeah. cry. I don't react emotional like at all. Like yeah. I don't panic. I'm very much like, hey, what do we do? Da, 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 da. Yeah. So I feel like I become numb in those moments, like very numb. And my mom said that to me the other day. She's like, yeah, like you don't cry about like, like serious <laughs> things, even though yeah. you're such a crybaby. And I think it's my coping mechanism to deal with mm. love or grief. Um, yeah. When I went through like, and I, I think obviously not everyone can identify to like loss in terms of death, but eventually to some capacity can, but you know, we've dealt with lots of people, whether it's with death or relationships, like even with a relationship, like I'll literally be there like, wow, like I'm so sad, but I can't cry. Yeah. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So crazy. And my friends will literally be in their beds, like bawling their eyes out. And I'm like, I'm so sad. I can't cry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Like, I don't think I've ever seen, I don't think I can't, I can't, maybe I either I can't remember or I know the occasions are rare, but in terms of like, I don't think I've ever seen my mom cry. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen her cry. Oof. And my dad, I only seen him cry with, when my mom died. Yeah. You know, so it's like we were taught, you know, emotions are misleading, feelings are misleading. 
keep them in check, keep it moving. Yeah. You know, there's especially because we're black. You know, we got to we're already at a disadvantage. So if you show some sort of emotional weakness, you're putting yourself even further back. So I mean, I was always taught tough, and my mom was very caring and loving, but she was also very tough, very very tough. You know, so um, I mean, even when she, when she was going through chemo, like she never had those breakdown moments. Oh, whoa, it was me. She just kept plugging away, and it was such an inspiration. You know. So kept going. She was just doing like almost trying to live her daily life. She was doing her doctorate up until she passed. Wow. Like, who does that? You know, like <laughs> love it. I hear you know what I'm saying? Like crazy stuff, right? So that's amazing. Good for her. That's wow. That I didn't even know that. That's so cool. Good for her. Yeah. What was she but, studying? I want to know. She was studying actually, she wanted to open up her own practice in psychology. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> the connections are crazy, Baz. Like you already know. Crazy. And I think I told you this, but my parents um do cancer research. So Yes. So oh my gosh. Sarah is so near and dear to my heart because most kids after school would go play with their friends or be at home yep. where I was playing in a lab, like a cancer research lab <laughs> my whole life. You know, like that yep. it plays such a big part of my life. And, and it's crazy because my mom was working right beside where your literally. parents work. Yeah. Like, like literally so, like right beside buildings like it's crazy. so crazy um but i yeah cancer is just not it and no no like i i, I don't know if you saw my post about how much i hate cancer like it's just uh, you know no and i think um at least everyone can kind of connect to this because with the recent loss with chadwick bozeman um I, and there's some similarity, actually. And I, I find this a lot of times with people who do get diagnosed with terminal, like, um, ailments. It's like, they have such, like, the strength, like, human strength. Right. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, you're this superhuman. And I'm like... Right. Like, he filmed all these movies, but he was, fat, like, fighting cancer. And no one knew. Like, crazy. I'm crazy. Beings, like, and I really, and it's, ugh, I hate the cliche terms, but it's like God really gives like his like strongest soldiers, like it's true, heavy things, but they're still succeeding beyond the average human being. You know what I mean? Like your mom doing a doctorate, like, you know what I mean? The average person can't even find willpower to like, you know, go get a a regular job or even read a yeah. book. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that I think is just so telling of a lot of people and. Um, yeah, and that's why I think honestly, as much as it doesn't sound right yeah. to say, but I think that's why I mean, like, people always ask me, okay, how can you believe in God? But all these tragedies happen. But to me, I said, one, I don't have all the answers, I'll never be able to explain, I don't make excuses for God. I'm not God, so I don't need to make excuses for Him, He can take care of Himself. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> I love that. but, 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 but my whole point of view is that you know. I've, I've always believed this, and I'm, I think this is part of one of your questions, but I always believe that whatever we go through is not for us, it's for other people, right? To, to draw strength from as a source of inspiration and hope, you know, because if Chadwick can do all this while being diagnosed with stage three, stage four cancer, and I'm complaining about a little cold that I don't want to go to my job or, 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 or I have a headache or whatever, I mean, we got to put things in perspective, right? And I think a lot of times, like you said, things happen to certain people so that it can be almost like an example of that strength and resiliency. Right. And 
I mean, I, I know for me, and I'm sure you know as well, anything that we've gone through, even personally, has always not ever been really about us. It's about what we've learned from it to give and to be a source of strength to other people. It's so true. Literally every every quote-unquote negative experience or obstacle I think both of us have been faced with, we kind of transmuted and turned into this light, you know? And I, yes. I think that's like the ultimate goal in life. And, um, you know, if you have a spiritual connect- connection, I think very much the spiritual, the physical, and the mental are, are intertwined. Um, so yeah. that's why I'm always yeah. saying that. But if you have a spiritual connection, you see the the physical relationship with others and yourself as not this finality you know what i mean like it it's just part of the evolution of any type of relationship um Mm -hmm. and that's where i find a lot of peace when it comes to grief or loss it's like okay so that's that one season you know of that relationship but it's just evolving to a different form um still obviously i feel like with humans we think that life is um is that is like the end all be all but really and truly it's like it, it it like people say life is so short but at the same time it's the longest thing we experience <laughs> so that we like <laughs> right obviously yeah. experience. so at the same time life isn't short it's really what you're kind of making of it but yeah. a lot of these things continue beyond the physical self you know and it's yeah. like really tapping into that well i'm going on a whole other tangent but um no it's it's actually yeah. right in line yeah it's right in line but i think that that's what helps me personally um cope with loss and grief and creating a healthy new relationship to whatever that um that thing that's been removed from my life because really truly as humans we want control where we actually have no control it's a false illusion that's right and a yeah. lot time that anxiety that sadness comes from that like why can't I control this anymore but it's like you never right you know so I think just finding a way to um gain control in different aspects I think is really helpful and we talked about um ways to kind of reconnect uh for you to even move forward I think and I definitely still have to do this but this is just from my own experiences. We talked about like possibly making a garden for your mom and reestablishing like a positive relationship with the grieving yes. and ver- versus like a negative dark relationship. And I think that's something that I don't know. People don't teach us. I just learned from observing different no. people grieving and what I-, I thought was like positive versus negative. And it's just like, that's what you can control. You can control your relationship to how you deal with things. So Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for us to go look at plants. And I'm really excited. Like honestly, I'm getting so close to, to calling you. But like, you know what? I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm. I feel myself getting closer. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I I think we even said it. It's a lifelong journey, and I think even just small yeah. things like, oh, like what kind of flowers do you like? Like what kind of plants? Like I don't even know. <laughs> so many, you know. Like that. And you know what's funny is I actually gonna research. And find out what kind of plants my mom like. Because I have so many pictures. Remember I told you I went to my dad's and got all the pictures. I'm trying to do that part. Because for so long I couldn't watch. I couldn't look at the pictures, right? So, like, I went and I asked them for all the pictures. I got boxes and boxes. Because my mom used to take pictures, like, of everything and everyone. So, I'm going to find out which one was her favorite. And I'm going to 
use that and put others and really like you said make it a beautiful garden you know that's something that I never thought of until you told me that and the relationship that, that I had that I've had with that site not going back not ever going back since yeah um is so true you know the negative finality to it and just the whole you know um perspective that I've had on that like you said I got to change it you know and make it a beautiful experience I love it it's so like it I people be like it's so like talking about these things are very taboo but that's what I want to do is yeah all taboo topics but how like define them in different ways that are not as like just lighter you know like they shouldn't yeah. be so negative because they are very much part of a healthy life you know um but I always tell my sisters they're like why do you talk about this I'm like listen when I pass I want you guys to literally plant a tree and I want to literally be part of like nature like <laughs> that like whole energy process yes like, yeah beautiful garden and like that's so beautiful to me um, it is it is beautiful um, and like even my so the reason I said that is because my father for uh for my grandfather he um he created a garden like around his grave and my little sister didn't understand you know when you're a kid you don't really understand the concept of death and like a grave and all that so he'd always be like let's go to grandpa's garden you know so we don't even call it like my grandfather's like the graveyard or his we say grandpa's garden and I love that I love that because it's not even about like this negative connotation it's like this beautiful light thing that is growing and evolving and that we have a continuous relationship with because we always tend to it you know even if we're not there my dad will call and be like did you guys go water like grandpa's garden like take care of it so I think that's really important um part of it but by no do I have I like have I mastered that because I still think there's um it's an it's a lifelong journey of trying to deal with um but before we run out of time, I feel like you really touched on so many of my questions. Um, oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I love it because I, I talk too much. I talk too much. You already know that. No, you don't. You 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 speak on what matters, and I think you addressed everything perfectly. So um, I appreciate. But one of the things I did want to say though is that there's one thing that I didn't say yet, and it was part of your questions in terms of what would you tell people? That was and my question right now. Oh, sorry. No, okay, go ask it. Ask it. Ask it. <laughs> ask it. Ask it. I really want to know, like, what would you tell people who can support, like, because that's something I struggle with when someone is going through loss and I find out yeah. I'm literally the worst. I'm like, Oh my God. Awkward, right? I do not know what to say, but I want yeah. to be there for them, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. So yeah. what would you say you would need or would want someone to do in those times? Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I just actually reached out to a good, two good friends of mine, a mother, daughter, mm-hmm. um, family, uh, who, had possibly three close deaths in the span of three weeks, like boom, boom, boom. You know, like I just saw the post after post every week of somebody closer than passing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like that is heavy, you know? And um, I reached out. I didn't know, especially because when you don't talk to people all the time, you feel awkward. Right. Yeah. But I reached out because they're people that are, are in my heart. And I, and I said, look, 
you know, I, and again, having gone through it gives me the courage to, to reach out to people. And I think, again, that's why I had to go through what I had to go through so I can be a source of strength to other people. Otherwise, when you don't go through it, you can't really say, I understand. I, when people used to tell me that back 13 years ago, oh, I, I understand. No, you don't understand. Yeah. You, you, you empathize, you sympathize, yeah. but you can never say you understand, yeah. right? And that's where I think one thing that we should never tell people who are going through it is that, oh, yes, I understand. Unless you've gone through the exact same thing or something similar, like, yeah. you, know, like, like, you know, like losing a parent, losing a grandparent, you yeah. know, that, uh, that you're close with. You know, somebody that I know, a really good friend of mine who's lost a child, like a teenage child in a car accident. I can never say to them, I understand. I don't, yeah. you know, or like other things. Like, but what I would say and what I tell people all the time is don't believe the lie that time heals wounds. Time does not heal wounds. Mm -hmm. Only God can heal our wounds and our scars. But what time does, it allows for greater perspective mm -hmm. for us to be able to cope better with the loss that we have. It just allows us more time to cope. It just allows us, you know, more opportunities to learn how to cope. Mm. It won't heal, but it will give us time. And to always allow yourself to go through the full grieving process, mm. right? Step through it day by day. Take your time. Cry as much as you want to cry. Be sad as much as you want to be sad. Um, because nobody, there is, there, is, there is no timeline. Like, people used to tell me, like, oh, yeah, you should, you know, you're okay now? Yeah, you know, it's been a while, right? I'm like, no. To me, 13 years feels like 13 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, I miss her every single day, every single moment of every single day. So, um, but there's different stages, right? And there's different coping mechanisms that time has allowed me to understand better. Mm -hmm. I'm a different person than I was 13 years ago. I can understand and process things better. Yeah. But also give yourself that space to be alone. I mean, I remember when everything happened obviously family and friends they want to come over to your house they want to be in your house they want to be by you and, and you start to get all like claustrophobic it's okay to be by yourself yeah but you don't want to dwell in a in a, in, a, in a state where you know you you're, you're gonna lose yourself because i went into a really deep deep dark yeah. depression yeah. after my mom passed and i didn't even know it because i didn't know what that was like and i've never been through through that right but you know giving yourself that time giving yourself that space um having at least one or two really important outlets in terms of people that you can talk to. Um, therapy is also amazing. I mean, back then men didn't really go. So it was hard for me to get into a counseling group, but I eventually end up, you know, um, doing some other, you know, therapy. And then that would always come up because it was the source of a lot of my issues, you know, um, that um, I went through like in my life. Cause I never really, could reconcile what happened and I never dealt with it. Right. And most men don't deal with grief and, and talk about their feelings and emotions and how those things affect them. So yeah. um, I would really tell people to make sure one, they give themselves time to heal, to grieve and don't put a timeline on it. Don't be like, cause what I did after my mom passed, I went right back to work. Like yeah. as if it was nothing That's because I was just trying to keep myself busy. Right. That's, Instead my, of dealing with That's a coping mechanism though. I do that too. Yeah. And instead of taking the time that we need to heal, to process, to understand what, what we're feeling, we'll thrust ourselves back and keep ourselves busy. But all we're doing is putting a Band-Aid on a deep, 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 deep wound. And it does nothing. All right. So like the wound, that all, all we're doing is putting a Band-Aid on it. Mm. 
And yeah, so. I love that. Um, I think, I feel like I just went through therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm talking, but it's therapeutic, right? And that's that's one of the things, right? Is that you got to find people that can be a source of strength that aren't like just, Mm. like, even though I'm bawling and I'm crying, I don't need you to be bawling and crying with me because then we're just bawling and crying. Obviously, it's going to be emotional and and we're going to share, but you need somebody that can be a little bit stronger than you at that moment, even if you are crying and sharing together. But you need, um, you know... Space, yeah. And sometimes even just having somebody there with you or, or even on the phone. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember times I would be on the phone with somebody and I'm just going, and they're quiet. All they're doing is just listening. They're not saying nothing. And that's, and that's what I wanted. I, I didn't need you to say anything at that point, right? That's so real. Why am I going to cry again? <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> oh, Baz. I tell you, not listen. Twice. twice. Hey, you, you all got me once. You know? I know. <laughs> but, the, but, but, but the thing is, Baz, and I, I just want I just want to you know, I know this is your pod and everything, but I just want you to know how loved you are, you know, and like everything that that uh, that uh, you're doing, um, trying to help other people and me in particular with this whole grieving process, um, I told you has meant the world to me. I've never really processed it, but I want you to know that while you're, you're doing it, I know it's going to be healing yourself as well, because, you know, as the healer, you also got to be healed too, right? So it's one of those things that, you know, um, stepping through it and having you walk me through it, holding my hand through it, I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that in some way it can be reciprocated and that you can also benefit because right. you're just such a powerful, important light, especially where this topic is concerned. Like I said, I have never opened up and you <laughs> have me talking about this live, you know? <laughs> I know, live is like, oof. I, def- I feel like the reason... And it's almost, as, it sounds selfish, but the reason I, I love connecting with people is because it heals parts of me. Healing, it's not selfish at all. Yeah, like helping people, like heal people. Yeah. Like, oh shoot, like that's healing a part of me because we literally yeah. are all connected, you know what I mean? The human we are. is what connects us. So, yes. you know, connecting and talking about these things, I'm like, damn, that's something I need to work on too. You know what I mean? But yeah. By doing Absolutely. that, I have to also practice it too and talk about it so i think that's such a beautiful thing and um conversation like, like humans are like so- even the conference on sunday every guest speaker was like i needed this for myself too yeah. you know <laughs> i loved it oh my gosh guys uh you recorded it right i'm assuming yeah it's gonna be released soon yeah i'm gonna okay. send it to all you guys yeah even my mom was like okay please tell me you recorded i was like yes mom it's recorded don't worry <laughs> <laughs> so much healing so much healing in, in you know so much healing and what Solid. and the fact that you even shared on this topic again uh, i mean I, i'm telling you like your voice where this topic is concerned is so powerful it's so needed it's yeah it's actually a, a life-changing you know um thing that you're uh, doing so Thank you so much i yeah. appreciate you Woo, okay, well. Yeah, this is emotional. But I literally needed it. Um, And I hope that whoever's listening knows that we are here. I literally always say this to people, but sometimes even just having a stranger who can just be like, 
I'm a human, you're a human, I got you. You know, sometimes, yes. sometimes you just need that, you know, yeah. anonymous person. Like, my DMs are always open for that. Like, as as shitty as yeah. I am at responding to people, I always can tell when someone <laughs> needs me and I'm able to respond. So, um, yeah. I'm always here. Yeah. But thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing. and Because oh. I definitely felt it clearly. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I um, but as we wrap up, I always end my podcast with a small joy because obviously they could get kind of heavy, but I don't like, heavy, leaving, heavy. I don't like leaving the space on a heavy note. <laughs> on a right. heavy note. So yes. what is something that has brought you joy or happiness or, you know, something you'd recommend to bring happiness to others uh, this week? I think for me, um, finding ways, like I always try to do this because I think that as people were innately selfish, we're very much into self-preservation, self-actualization, self, self, um, just self-awareness. Everything is about self. So I try as much as I can to focus on doing something for somebody else that renders no benefit to me in return at all. So I made it intentionally, especially like, for example, like, um, we're in a social media age, right? And like, you know, you got a lot of people that will reach out to me to help push things for them and whatever. And I don't, I, I, I'll, I'll do it, but sometimes my, my heart isn't in it just because I feel like maybe they're just, because I have a pretty good platform and they just want to, you know, leverage it, which is fine. But, you know, there's some people that I realize are out there who are really grinding and really doing the work and nobody really knows about them. So I've been trying my best to amplify those individuals and share and do like certain things like Shaliza, you know, and her amazing organization, you know, you know, um, they, they, they just, for example, are, they're are doing a book, I'm sorry, a back to school giveaway. You know, she's an educator. She has an amazing job like overseeing like 14 schools and stuff, but like her, her platform is growing. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm pushing it and I'm getting parents involved to, you know, be a part of this. And it's, and it's been so encouraging, you know, uh, to her. You know, um, to, you know, because, you know, we got to really look outside of ourselves. And I think that's the one thing to be able to detox the selfishness that we all are. We are all selfish. We are at some point. Right. But the greatest thing to detox and cleanse ourselves is to try to find opportunities to do something for others that renders no benefit back to you at all. Mm, that's true. That is literally the and in a way, it's almost like not selfish, but you do get a lot from it in return. Yeah, exactly. And to me, that's the biggest blessing. Like, like we said at the top of the show, you know, it's the biggest blessing for me. Like when I get emails and when I get notes, DMs, text messages from, from students that I mentored uh, years ago, who are now becoming lawyers, who are engineers, social Mm -hmm. workers, musicians, whatever. I'm like, y'all were listening like you know like yeah, I it feels that. so good it feels like amazing to know that you've helped somebody achieve something that they've always wanted to achieve you know it, so yes it's like that gift that keeps on giving paying it for yeah. love it yeah. um my small joy i always ask the question i say this all the time and then i forget and i'm like oh my god what it was my small joy um but i have so much <laughs> for but i would say my small joy is i have finally started my journey back with working out but it wasn't yo i've been seeing you 
you're, you're inspiring me, eh? I'm so happy. But a lot of people, for, like, don't really know that I had such a hard... I, I want to talk about it eventually, but I have such a interesting relationship with working out, food, my body. And it for a really long time, it was very, very negative, like extremely negative. And I did it for the wrong reasons. And I think a lot of people don't realize they might be doing it for the wrong reasons. And I mm. entered this journey and I was like, I need to find someone and not necessarily find someone, but find the right way to reapproach working out and being healthy even if it means not for a physical result. Like I told the trainer, I was like, yo, if I literally look the same, I will be happy. I don't care. I just want to not feel like working out is a punishment. I don't want to feel like right. working out is something to change me physically on a superficial level. I don't right. want to feel like working out is something to necessarily make me better for others. I want to yeah. about me and just to feel good. And I want to republish my relationship with working out. And now like I slowly feel that shift and it's like so empowering because for so long working out was like a weapon against me you know what I mean people used it against me or really yeah we'll get we'll talk about it we'll talk about it offline offline (laughs) for a long time it was something that people close to me would use to uh, belittle me or you know like Mm -hmm. uh, make me feel bad so, and then I internalize that. So now I'm starting to reestablish that and it's making me really happy because now I'm connected with the mind and the body. So that's my small joy. Um, Listen, every time you post those, I'm like, yo, that's what I'm talking about. And I don't know if you all, I, I think I told you, I'm still dealing with torn hamstrings in my legs, right? And I'm on crutches, right? Yeah, I know. So once I get oh, healed up. Not, I didn't know this. Yeah, I know. I, don't, I thought I told you, but. That's Back okay. in July, I tore I tore both of my I tore my hamstrings in both of my legs, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, in a pretty freak accident outside my house. So, um, and I've been watching. I'm like, oh, I just can't. I just can't wait to get back because now, like, you're inspiring me. You know, because I I know that it, it was something that I always you know struggled with myself, right? But seeing you grind, and I mean, you you already look great. So you're, you're just improving on what you already are. But mm-hmm. it's just the fact that you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it for the right reasons. It's so, it's so, so encouraging. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. Amazing. I, I really, I, I feel good in terms of like just the journey because it's supposed to be a lifelong journey. So yeah. The game plan. Um, but yes, thank you again. Where can people find you? What are the apps? All right. All right. So, I mean, I, uh, you can find me, uh, Instagram is, unfortunately it's very long because I, because I got hacked and it's my second page. So, but I'm at, uh, let's talk underscore Kev Joseph on Instagram. I'm at Kev Joseph underscore on Twitter. And my website is uh, com. I love it. I will put it, I'll put it in the description. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'll let you go because I know you got a live to do. That's um, okay. Thank about you. yesterday's amazing win for the Raptors. Yes. Yeah, I got uh, Kyle Lowry's mom coming up. Uh, she, she, she's like my American mama. She's amazing. So we're going to talk about it. I'm so excited. I know that this will come out after, but you always save them. So everyone can go check yeah. it out. Um, and I hope we get to do this again. Thank you again. Uh, I hope you bring me back because, you know, I, I'm, I'm always ready and I'm always no, here no, for no, whatever no. you're doing. I'm, I'm a part of it. 
So we will. We will. Thank you again. You're the best. I appreciate you. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.